This week on the show, our pop culture shoutouts, a discussion of the book The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, and our weekly fortune cookie readings. It's the third week of March 2021, and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Linnea, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Evan. Hello. And Brian. Hello. So let's dive in. Who would like to share something from the news this week? I'll start. So after WandaVision, they're making the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And there's a trailer that me and my dad really like about it, where they mention the big three, which is aliens, androids, and wizards. Oh, yeah. Uh. (laughs) Me and my dad like watching that trailer. Basically, Falcon and the Winter Soldier argue about whether alien androids and wizards exist and they can't they can't disagree that aliens and androids exist but wizards nah but doctor strange he's just, he's a sorcerer but he's a wizard without a hat too so <laughs> wizards have to have hats to be wizards apparently, apparently. <laughs> okay. according to falcon yeah no it's a very funny clip i'm 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 looking forward to falcon winter soldier yeah so it's going to be, uh, it's only six episodes, so it's going to be shorter than WandaVision. No, it should be, should be an interesting story. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so my, uh, my pop culture or news of thing this week is something that Evan's probably going to be surprised at. I'm going to talk about Roblox. Why do you, when oh, you talk I know about what you're going to talk every about. week. So, so Evan talks about the game Roblox, but I'm going to talk about the business of Roblox because yes. this, this last week, what? Roblox came out with an IPO, which is short for Initial Public Offering. So they were yeah, selling stock. Roblox is on the stock market. So yeah, so I know, they came out I know everything market. about Roblox, Dad. Basically overnight, they became the third most valuable game company. It's what just crazy. Heck? It I, it is a very popular company, and I and a lot of people were expecting it to just blow up overnight. Yeah, yeah. So what's interesting, and this is what I heard, which I hadn't thought of before. Um, and I found this interesting, is that a lot of games come out and people buy them and play them and then you put them aside and then you go find the next big game. And the thing that Roblox has going for it is that people are always creating new games within the context of Roblox. So if you get tired of one game in Roblox, you just go find a different game, but it's still in Roblox. If you could choose, like, any game on Earth to play, it would be a good option to choose Roblox. Mm-hmm. But now one thing that I noticed is that the player base is very, very young. People under 9 years old make up 25% of the player base. Wow. Yeah. People from 9 to 12 make up 29% of the player base. People 25 plus are only 14%. Oh, gosh. So more than half the people playing Roblox are under the age of 16. Like eighty percent of them are probably under twenty-four, so it, so it's a very young crowd. But then at the same time, if these people like it and they stick, keep playing it, you know, they have a built-in player base that's going to age with them. So the younger people, you know, they don't have the money to spend that people my age spend on games. But they're hoping that in the future, as these kids grow up, maybe they'll spend money on it. Now, have you ever spent money on Roblox? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> have you bought? Cool stuff. What kind of what do you spend money on in Roblox? Why do you spend money on Roblox? <laughs> okay, so one of the main reasons to spend money on Roblox is because games include features where 
it's either easier or it just like helps a lot if you spend the robux on it which is basically robux roblox is kind of currency like v bucks or yeah so you're saying robux robux b-u-c-k-s robux or, or maybe robux s- robux yeah they sound similar so yeah i just want yeah okay and you can also use them to buy stuff to make your avatar look better instead okay. of just getting stuff for free all right yeah so yeah so the company had this initial public offering they still haven't turned a profit, which a lot of companies don't until they've been around for quite a while. But but yeah, they basically overnight they became I think the third most valuable game company. So people apparently see a lot of potential in this in this game. Yeah, so. I mean it is a very popular game. Mm-hmm. It's like when people think of Roblox, they think it's like just under like Minecraft and Fortnite, which are the other most popular games. All right, Linnea, what, what's your uh, News bit of the week. Today is Pi Day. Oh, f- when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. It's it's spelled P I, so like three point one four one. Yeah, when we're when we're recording this, today is Pi Day. Yeah, so we're recording on Sunday. It comes out tomorrow on Monday, so. which is our mom's birthday. So yeah, that's also my mom, something. My mom always gets really mad because Pi Day is right before her birthday, and she <laughs> wants to have pie on her birthday, but she's filled up because of yesterday. <laughs> It's such a conflicting day to have your birthday on. In math, we wouldn't get any assignments for pie day, and we would, someone would just bring a snack or something. It was never actually pie. It was just a snack. Now it's time to talk about our topic this week, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. The book was published in 1950 and was the first and best-known book in his Chronicles of Narnia series. The book was ranked ninth in the BBC's Top 200 Novels in the United Kingdom, and is listed as one of the 100 best novels of all time for kids by Time magazine. The book tells the story of four siblings who visit Narnia, a magical land inhabited by talking animals and mythical creatures. When the kids first arrive, the land is under the rule of the White Witch, and with the help of the land's rightful ruler, the Lion Aslan, they fulfill a prophecy to free the land from the witch's power. So, what did you think of the book? I thought the book was really good. I really like all the characters' relationships in it, and I like how they are, like, slowly revealing Aslan. It's pretty cool. This is a book that I read for the first time back when I was in sixth grade, so that's 1982 for those of you at home. Uh, A long time ago. Long time ago, yeah. Yeah, that's so old. I was thinking that in my day, that this was kind of the back in my day. Back in my back in Dad's day. Uh, this is kind of the Harry Potter for me in a way, because I can remember when my friends and I discovered this book and this whole series. We just read them all. We devoured them. We, you know, everyone was, oh my gosh, have you read *The Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe* and *The Chronicles of Narnia*? And we were just so into it because we hadn't really had much exposure to books like this with fantasy and talking animals and swords and centaurs and witches and things like that so this was kind of our uh what were most books like at the time (laughs) well i don't know you know so long ago i can't really remember but i (laughs) i remember that that this was sort of a touchstone for me and a lot of my friends uh and after books like this you know i started seeking out the lord of the rings and books much more fantasy oriented so this book holds a special place in my heart. I've always enjoyed it. I haven't probably reread it in a good 30 years or so. So when I read it with you, Evan, this is the first time I'd come back to it in a long time. 
and it's strange how you can remember things. I don't want to say differently, but but you you remember them one way from you know when I read it when I was a kid versus reading it now. When I read it now, one thing I notice is that the book seems so short. I remember it just being this monumental volume of you know of a book, and and you know when I look at it now, and, and of course it is only what's well, a hundred and 186 pages, um, you know, which is long when you're a fifth, sixth grader. It's funny because in my head I remember it just being so much longer than it actually was. But I do enjoy it. I think it's fun to come back to. One thing that really stuck out to me upon this rereading is that, uh, okay, spoilers, this book has been out since 1950, (laughs) so we're we're not going to worry about spoilers. The kids go to Narnia, they come back. And one thing that really stuck out to me in this book is that they go to Narnia, they have these adventures, and then it's only in the last, it's only like the last three paragraphs of the entire book that they actually come back to the real world. You know, mo- most of the times when you have sort of a, a denouement or something where a story is ending and the kids or the protagonist return from a strange world, you know, there's a, there's a chapter or two about them coming back mm-hmm. and all the side effects and this and that. This book, it's just, it's just wham! They're back, and there's a paragraph of them with the professor, and then the end. And that just struck me as so interesting this time. I didn't remember that at all, but it it really stood out to me upon this rereading. I thought it was a good book. Um, I noticed that it was written really differently than the books I read today, because there are some parts where everything was really drawn out, and then some parts where it was just quickly glossed over, like that last bit at the end. Like, it took me reading it twice to be like, oh, wait, they went back? And, like, sometimes, like, in books today, all the things that the characters say would be in quotation marks, and you would read exactly what they'd say, but in this book, it was just like, and then Lucy said all of the things that that had happened and whatever, and it, it was like the author was also talking to us again, like, in The Wild Robot, like, there's some paragraphs where the author would just address us, the audience. Sure, like a, like a narrator, almost. Yeah. Yeah. I'll admit, I really like how in Narnia, little time passes in the real world. I keep thinking, like, if one year passes in the real world, like, everyone you would meet is would be completely dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah time works so differently there. It says that they basically grew up, and they're all in their middle age, and then they come back, and it's not even a minute after they left. <laughs> I feel like that's really weird, because then... When they come out of the wardrobe for the first time, they wait like a day, and nothing really changes. And then all of a sudden, it's just a moment later. I feel like that's kind of weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I suppose it's just the magic of the wardrobe. Do they come back into the world as kids, or are they still middle-aged? No, no, they come back as kids. Yeah, they come back exactly as they left. (laughs) They're going to be immortal. (laughs) Wait, so what if you're like a dead body? Could they... Like, if you come in there as a yeah, kid, if could one they, of them, if they one throw of... your dead body out of the wardrobe, would you be alive if and they be able to come Narnia back? And they die, and then they carry your body into the real world, would you be back to life? Oh, boy, that's a <laughs> theoretical question that I do not have an answer to. Then. We're complicating <laughs> things so much here. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's explained in some one of the subsequent books, which, of course, I've read. And again, I read them many, many, many years ago, and I haven't reread them, so... There's a lot of stuff in the series that I've forgotten, I'm sure. I'm kind of looking forward to reading them again. But now, are you two interested in reading more? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of the seven books of the series, the first one is probably the most popular and the most widely well-known. 
Some of these books take place totally in Narnia. Some of the books are a history. Listen on the back of the of the first book, they have a listing of all seven books, mm-hmm. and they don't take place in chronological order. So C.S. Yeah. Lewis wrote them, and then he had an idea for more stories, and he'd write another story, and then he'd do another story. And some of them, especially the, the sixth book, takes place before the first book. And some modern-day publishers have actually published them in chronological order, which is very odd because the sixth book assumes that you know what Narnia is. <laughs> so if you read that first, you're confused because you don't know what Narnia is. And then af- if you read that book first and you get to the first book, the first book is supposed to be, you know, Narnia is a surprise going through the wardrobe, and it's not a surprise anymore because you already know what it is. So so, <laughs> so reordering them in chronological order, I mean, it might be good in chronological order, but it doesn't make sense in story order because, because what's supposed to be a surprise and a reveal is not anymore. I mean, it wasn't really that much revealed for me either, though, because I already, <laughs> I already knew Narnia was going to be on the other side. Actually, the other day when I looked at the front and saw that the book, like, the whole book thing was called The Chronicles of Narnia. I realized that the other day, my friend actually said, yeah, I'm reading The Chronicles of Narnia right now. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know what those are. And then I saw the title, and then I saw the, when it said book one in The Chronicles of Narnia, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) I used to think that the series was called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and that specific book was The Chronicles of Narnia. (laughs) Ah, okay, you had them reversed. Character-wise, we have the main characters of the four children. We have Lucy, Edmund, Susan, and Peter. What, what do you think of them? I don't like Edmund. No. <laughs> Edmund's a jerk. I don't like him. Edmund is a jerk, yeah. He's like he... a meaner version of Evan. What? <laughs> do you think you're like but Edmund? But Evan's nicer. All he cares about is Turkish delight. He gets what he deserves when he becomes mm-hmm. the queen's slave. <laughs> right, the white witch. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. White witch. So since you since Edmund is kind of a jerk, what do you think about Aslan saving him? That means he's pure-hearted. If you save a jerk, then you're pure-hearted. <laughs> okay. Except if it's an if it's a very very bad jerk. A very bad jerk. <laughs> then you should arrest them at least. <laughs> a lot of the dynamic in the book seems to take place between Lucy and Edmund. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan and Peter, they're there, but. It doesn't really seem like they it's do that much. It's more like they just they're just there to watch over the younger siblings. Yeah. Yeah, they're not too fleshed out in this book. I I believe they're fleshed out more in some of the subsequent books, but again, God, it's been so long since I've read them. Lucy has a, a lot of character to her, and and I think Edmund does just because he he goes through a, a change of being a a jerk and then you know realizing what he's done and trying to ask forgiveness, even though it's hard for him. Yeah, the older kids just kind of seem to be there and be the older kids. They just act like older kids. Mm -hmm. Some of the other characters, so we have, well, of course, the main one, Aslan. What do you think of Aslan? He is a lion. He's almost, like, too perfect. (laughs) He has, like, no flaws. He is the perfect lion. So I have to ask you this, because, you know, when I was a kid, I probably missed this. Did you catch any allusions to Aslan? Does Aslan seem like anything to you? He seems very weird. Very weird? Especially because, like, how he knows an even ancienter magic. Mm-hmm. That's, like, okay. how the heck would he know that? Well, you know, it was, he's... he's. It's interesting he's... how he just, like, came in and then came out. Like... Yeah. 
Yeah, for a book called The Lion, which is the first name, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he doesn't actually appear yeah. until uh, well, well into the book. I was, <laughs> I was very confused why it had The Lion on it. I could understand The Witch and the Wardrobe after the first, like, after the first, like, half of the book. and But then The Lion, like, where is this lion that I keep hearing about? Mm-hmm. So, so this book alludes a lot to Christianity. So you think of, for example... You yeah, know, that have, was something I noticed. Yeah, so we have Easter coming up, right? And Jesus yeah. dying and coming back, you know, according to the Bible. And this book, we have Aslan dying and coming back to life. And a lot of people, you know, some people like that about these books. Some people don't like it about these books. Some people say that, you know, C.S. Lewis was just trying to convert people to Christianity. C.S. Lewis himself has said, no, it's that's not really what he intended. It was just more of a kind of an allusion to that. So, you know, when I first read this, that was totally over my head. I didn't, I didn't even care. I just thought it was a fun story. So I don't know if, if you two noticed that at all when reading it or if that even occurred to you or i i i guess yeah, i can like, see it now yeah <laughs> yeah there's like it was always winter and never christmas and there's like a father winter character and yeah santa claus they were referred to as uh daughters of eve and sons of adam there are a lot of christian overtones and i'll be honest i was actually very confused when santa claus appeared santa yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is that is rather odd it's just kind of out of nowhere and he gives them presents one thing that kind of annoyed me was that the girls weren't allowed to fight in the battle. Yeah, yeah, how, how different uh, times have changed now. I wonder what C.S. Lewis would think of, of, uh, of Katniss Everdeen. Uh, yeah. Or maybe what Susan and Lucy would think of Katniss Everdeen, <laughs> I guess. Is. Yeah, just imagine them watching the Hunger Games and being like, well, I remember when I wasn't involved in battles. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm just offended. Yeah. So then and we also have the White Witch. What do you think of her character? Was she well drawn? Was she scary? Did she seem? She seemed villainous. villainous. She wasn't really that scary, I would say. Just seems like kind of one of those witches. <laughs> the whole time, I was picturing her as that lady from the Guardians of the Galaxy, like the Golden Lady from the oh, okay. second movie. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, that. Was, I, was, I was just picturing her as the witch from Wizard of Oz, but white. Like if her bo- okay, if her whole yeah. body was just like white and her hat was white and her skin was just all it was just all white. That's just what I imagine her. It seems like a lot of her power to me it just comes from fear because she has a wand that turns people to stone. Yeah. So if you cross her, you get turned to stone, right? And that's kind of almost a bullyish, right? She <laughs> bully. <laughs> so she's a bully. She is a bully. You know, and she's scared. She's totally scared of Aslan, but. But when Aslan offers himself up, I I think she can hardly believe it. <laughs> you could, and, and even then, they could like she's still scared. When you were reading, you can like see, hear in your head that she is actually scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So then we have Mister Tumnus, the fawn. He's a nice. Fawn. For a long time, I I didn't know what a fawn was, so I just assumed that he was the lion. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew what a fawn was that whole time. I don't know what that is. That's interesting. And that's actually C.S. Lewis says he came up with the story because he, ha- he saw a painting or a picture once of a fawn running through a forest with a parcel under his arm. And that's where the inspiration from these books came from. <laughs> Just one single fawn running through a forest. Yeah. So like that's it, interesting. Is it like a deer? But it's no, a, it's it's a called... half person, half 
goat. Right? Uh, so it's different from so it's a the centaur. Upper, so it's, it's the upper definitely body not a centaur. of a person and the bottom part of a goat. Yeah. So fawns are goats and centaurs are horses. Right. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yep. And then what I find interesting about these books is all the talking animals, uh, like especially mm-hmm. the beavers. So we have Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. Who the children befriend. This was like one of the first books to include talking animals. Nowadays, there are a lot of books that have talking animals. Yeah. Like They're, what? <laughs> like, yeah, you got like Warriors, I'm pretty sure. You got oh, like sure. All of those books that they created. Mm-hmm. You even have dragons talking. But now, do the Warriors books, those animals don't talk to people, though, right? No. No. So here we're actually mixing people and talking animals. What's a detail that stood out to you in this book? Like, is there some picture that sticks out to you? I guess if there's one picture that sticks out to me, it's the lamppost. The lamppost? The lamppost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They always mention the lamppost. I wanted to know more about, like, the professor. Oh. Mm-hmm. He's very mysterious. Yeah, he <laughs> seems to know about Narnia, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe we learn about that in later books. We, we do. We learn about okay. that in later books. So, yeah, we'll have to read some more, and then you'll find out who the professor is and... I was picturing him. And I think you'll find out more about the lamppost, too. I was picturing the professor as the professor from Powerpuff Girls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I just picture him as some kind of weird professor. Well, that checks out. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah, story-wise, I mean, does it it hold up? Did it held your interest? You found it interesting? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. There were some parts where I felt like the narrator was talking for too long and I just wanted to get back to the story. There are some parts when I feel like we were on Edmund too much and I wanted to get back to the Yeah, we story. don't like Edmund. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I found Edmund's... Edmund is almost insufferable. Yeah. He you really could care less about Edmund just because he's so unlikable. <laughs> and Even when he was like suffering by the witch, I was like, I'm so bored. <laughs> Suffer for all I care. I want to go back to the other story. Yeah. At one point, he was like, Oh, well, I'd rather not have my siblings turned to stone, but I mean, if I get to be king. Yeah. He... He's just such a jerk. <laughs> Would this book make you want to read more of the series to find out more? Yeah. 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 So, in the end, thumbs up, thumbs down, rating. What do you think? I give it a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right. I give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. All yeah, right. I'd say about the same. Yeah. I still feel like there's too much Edmund. <laughs> <laughs> too much Edmund. All right, good. Well, that wraps up our uh, little discussion of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And now it's time for fortune cookies. So we all got our fortune cookies ready and open here, and we're about to see... What our fortune My is fortune cookie week. only broke into two pieces for once when I tried to open it. <laughs> mm, okay, who wants to share theirs for first? Mine's good for today's episode. A good book is the best of friends, the same today and forever. Oh, I like that one a lot, yeah. Oh yeah, also, la- last week I got one that said the short pencil is better than a long memory any day. And I... And one Why of, did you remember that exact fortune? <laughs> and and one of the members of my family texted me back and was like, "Yeah, I think what that means is like a short pencil can write down memories, and it lasts longer than a long memory will ever in your head." There you go. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you, listeners. 
<laughs> so mine for today instead of last week's is do not fear failure. Mm, fear failure not. <laughs> fear failure. I like do that. Not. It's simple. All right, mine is a wise person cares not for what he cannot have, but for what he can. Okay, I guess. that's something that Dumbledore mm, would a say. A wise person cares not for what he cannot have, but for what he can. How do you do that? <laughs> that is a professional Yoda. So there's our fortunes for the week. Lene, read yours again. I liked yours. Oh, something pretty. about a book. A good book is the best of friends, the same today and forever. I like that one. That's a good fortune. You you seem to get all the good fortunes. Last yeah. week you had the the one about getting run over, and this week you have the one about the book. The run over one was the best out of any podcast out of any episode yet, though. So that about wraps up this week's episode of Lunchbox Reaction. Thanks to my co-hosts Evan, Bye, and Brian. So long. You can find us on the web at lunchboxreaction.net. And we'll see you next week at the lunch table.